Hey, hey, you guys, happy Wednesday. I hope you're doing awesome. I hope you had a great week, weekend. I'm actually filming, filming, oh my gosh. I'm actually recording this on Monday and we are right after Mother's Day. So I hope to all the moms that are listening to this show, I love you, I hope you had an amazing day. But I also want to recognize the women who are listening to the show that this season of life might be tough and Mother's Day sometimes accelerates that. Uh, I remember a season in my life where Mother's Day, I just wanted to crawl into a closet and never come out. You know, I desperately wanted to be a mom and it truthfully didn't feel like it was going to happen. You may have women in your life who have just lost their mom. You know, they have maybe lost a child. Like there's just so many things that can really accelerate the emotions, especially when they're seeing everybody sharing the good, right? I mean, that's what social media is. Everybody shares the good and sometimes that's triggering. So here's my thought to you what and what I did on Sunday. I reached out to every one of those women in my life and I just said, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about you. I know this isn't an easy time and I just want you to know that I am sending you love. And it was so well received. You know, sometimes those messages feel awkward sending. Should I do it? Shouldn't I? And I truthfully live with the thought that if it pops into my mind, that's an intuitive gut feeling from my inner wisdom, that woman inside of me that knows exactly what's right. And I take it. And I'm so glad I did after, you know, we had some beautiful conversations and uh, I just think it's really thoughtful. And you know what? I think our world is going to be a better place if we just all have a little bit more tolerance for each other. We stop judging each other so much and we actually start loving each other more instead of living in this fear based mindset all the time. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now about that because I'm so excited for today's episode. You guys are going to love my guest. His name is Devin Burke and he is a sleep expert. If you struggle with sleep, you need to listen to this. If you have a mindset like sleep is for the weak, you need to listen to this. If you want to lose weight, if you want to be less stressed, if you want to be happier, have more joy, healthier, have more stamina, all of those things... You need to listen to this because sleep, you guys, is so frigging critical. I did not know this a couple years ago, and I share my story in this episode. I share the tips that I've used to create a good sleep um, experience for myself and really help myself. And Devin gives, oh my God, so many amazing tips, the reasons why it's important. And I know you are going to fall in love with this guy. He's amazing. He's also pretty cute too. So I know you're going to love him. Um, and share this, you guys, if you listen to this, you love it. I would love for you to take a screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram, tag both Devin and I, we just love and appreciate that so much. Um, it's just so helpful. And if you want to take it a step further, give this podcast a review, send me a message, let me know what you'd love me to talk about more or what kind of guests you'd love to have on the show. I truly appreciate your feedback. All right. I know you guys are going to love this one. Let's go. Welcome back to In Total Alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, almost eight years ago, 
After a 20-year career as a top 100 Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. On my way to rising to the top of my network marketing company, I completely changed my mindset, spirituality, health, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and conversations that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome back to In Total Alignment. And I have another amazing guest to share with you today. Devin Burke is here. And as I shared earlier, he is an international and TEDx speaker, best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage and The Sleep Science Academy. Devin, welcome. I'm so, so pumped to talk to you about the topic of sleep. It is, I know how important it is, but a few years ago, I definitely didn't. So I would love for you just to share, how did you, how did you become so obsessed with sleep? (laughs) (laughs) I love that question. And honestly, it's not out of my own pain. A lot of times people are like, oh, you must have had a really bad sleep issue. And quite the opposite. I'm an amazing sleeper. I am blessed. And I took it for granted. I didn't know, you know, how important sleep was. And it really was, I was working with a lot of high performing entrepreneurs, more of in a life health coach setting. This is pre sleep science Academy and all the studies and someone had a sleep issue and they needed help. And so I looked into what was available and found sleeping pills and looked a little bit deeper. I'm like, this can't be the only thing. And then I found CBTI and I was like, okay, that's, I could see how that can be helpful. Um, and, and I just, when I started to learn about it, I just got so fascinated by how important it is. I had no idea. And then seeing the impact on this particular person, what it was doing to his health and his life and his performance. Um, so that kind of sent me on this rabbit hole of really diving deep into the science of sleep and then really uncovering, you know, what truly addresses the root cause to help people sleep. And so I was able to help him. So if I, if I help one person, I help thousands of people. And that was about six years ago. And we've at this point helped, yeah, a number of people um, get that, to sleep. I just love that because I thought we were going to sit here and talk about how Devin wasn't a good sleeper and you had yeah. this horrible situation. So that is really, really cool that you took it from the perspective of helping another person and really diving into the science of it. So I will fully admit that eight years ago, I started a new business. So I, I had a business, a salon and spa, and then I was start out, started a whole new business. And I walked around saying like, sleep is for the week, um, mm. sleep when you're dead. And yeah. I know that for several years, I ran on probably three to four hours of sleep. And it was awful. I mean, you push through it, you get through it. But now looking back, I can tell why I had a lot of stuff going on, weight gain, just a lot of stuff going on. And now I can attribute it all to that, that rising cortisol and all Mm -hmm. that stuff that was happening. So why do you think so many people are struggling so much with, with sleep? There's, there's really two elements. The first element is sort of where you were eight years ago. It's just not really understanding how important it is. And it's usually the first thing to go when people are trying to start a business or when life gets a little bit hectic and it should be the last thing. 
So there's the, the education piece that's missing. Plus it's a cultural society thing where it's like, yeah, you know, you snooze, you lose sleep when you're dead. We have all these sort of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Society has told us that sleep is a waste of time and it's not, it's a lie. Uh, And then there's the other side of that, which is stress. And really the root cause of why people don't sleep is mental, emotional stress, physical stress, and environmental stress. So there's three different types of stresses. And yet really at at the end of the day, you have to look at each of these and how they impact sleep to, to address the root cause to really improve your sleep. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I grew up in a house where that was the culture and my dad would wake up to get to his job at four in the morning. He would get to his work and he would actually call people to check to see if they were awake. So he would on purpose call people like, like 6am because in his mind, if you were awake, you were like a productive, progressive person. So it was Mm. like this stigma that I grew up with that, like, why would you sleep? Like, that is ridiculous. That's, you know, sleep is for the week, all that kind of stuff. Why did that happen? And like, when, when was this change in our culture? Because at some point in time, I'm assuming people knew (laughs) and understood how important sleep was, or am I wrong? Is it just like new research that has, has proven the importance of getting sleep? I think it's twofold. It's, it's what you just said is that, you know, the research now is proving that when you don't sleep, you age faster, you die faster. It's linked to all the comorbidities it's, you know, so there's, there's that piece, but then I, I really, the industrial revolution, when, you know, things really started after world war II, when things really started to get, you know, all of these systems got put in place, the factories and, and that's really when, you know, I call it the American hustle mentality, um, this like, you know, work, 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 it's all about the dollar. And, you know, that, that affected primarily, you know, the US, but it's also spread all over the world. And, you know, it's interesting when if you look at certain cultures, even today, like Mexico, they take siestas. That's still in Spain. There's still parts of the world that haven't adopted this crazy work, work, work. If you're not working, you're not worth anything. Or if you're not being productive, you're, you know, you're a drain on society. Like literally that's kind of what's been programmed. Um, and that was designed really to get people to work. And, you know, that started really, I I believe in the industrial revolution, it was sort of this cultural programming. Um, and then, you know, so, so there's the cultural aspects, you know, what was going on in the world, you know, the great depression, all these things. And then there's these, these program beliefs that then get carried in for, for generations. So that's, that is shifting slowly now because of the science and because people are waking up and because of the way the world is now with, you know, being able to work from home and, and, you know, work, work wellness is a thing and people are really under, you know, people are burnt out and they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So people are really looking for solutions. Um, but I, I believe, you know, that's, that's the story behind where yeah. that all happened and came from. You know, it's so funny. I actually lived in Spain when I was in high school and you are absolutely right. We, everything shut down from one o'clock until four. And I was in high school at the time and we actually went back to school at four in the afternoon until about eight o'clock at night. Why didn't I, why didn't I bring that home with me? Uh (laughs) I guess it just, it didn't matter. My dad didn't think we needed to sleep. So can you kind of describe or explain 
what is really happening to people when they are, are limiting their sleep, like over a, a period of a couple of years, what, what is actually going down? Like what, yeah. I think that's what people don't understand. Sometimes I think it's easy to give the tips on how to get better sleep, but sometimes I right. think you need the education behind it of, well, why do I even want, like, what, what does this guy know? What, what is it that would trigger mm. me enough to do hopefully what you'll share with us later, like three tips to get better sleep. Can you kind of explain the stressors that they're putting on themselves? So Michelle, you want me just to scare the crap out of everyone yes, that's listening to this, scare, scare them into sleeping. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, well, people that are in pain, pay attention. So yeah, there's not a aspect of your life that's not negatively impacted when you sacrifice your sleep. Let me start there. So we could literally go down the list of you tell me what's important in your life, whether it's your productivity, whether it's your memory, whether it's your longevity, whether it's your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're not getting the sleep that you need, and that depends and that changes throughout life. And there's a lot of factors on how much is, is enough. Everything gets harmed, everything. And we can get into each of these kind of categories if you want, because I think that can be eye-opening for people. And the, the one that I like to always start with is relationships. Mm -hmm. So when you are not well slept, when you don't get enough sleep for your body and brain, you emotionally are not able to regulate, you misinterpret emotion. And this is proven through numerous studies, um, relationship studies. So you, this means you're irritable, you're on edge, you misread emotion, which then creates issues in your relationship. This creates fights. This creates, um, you know, it, it creates rifts in families. It creates divorce all of in how much does a divorce cost? Right. So like, then you can really start to put some, some financial numbers to, okay, I'm not sleeping. So I'm showing up irritable I'm misreading emotion, getting in fights with my spouse to the point where we might get a divorce, which is like, think about the economic impact on, on that, of that. Right. So you can kind of trickle it all the way out, mm -hmm. but that's just one area. So Emotionally, we're not able to regulate. We misinterpret motion. Memory. Our memory, there's so much research now that shows when we don't get to the sleep we need, our memory suffers. We're not able to retain. We're not able to um, actually our brain, you know, there's a lot of studies now that link poor sleep with Alzheimer's and dementia. And just think about the last time that you, you, you know, you didn't get great sleep. You woke up, you're a little bit foggy. You're just not sharp. The mental acuity is down the reaction times down. So this is linked to car accidents and fatality. Uh, really interesting study showed that after the daylight savings, when we you know lose an hour of sleep, the next day there's like an, a significant amount of car crashes and heart attacks. I just heard that on another podcast. I was telling my husband because there's this whole thing that we're not going to do one or the other now, right? They're going to keep to yeah. daylight savings or something. And I heard them talking about this, that when we lose that hour, that so many more mistakes are happening in the hospitals, car mm -hmm. accidents, heart mm -hmm. attacks, like it was kind of mind blowing. And to me, who doesn't know much, I'm thinking, well, it's just an hour. But when you shift yourself, even that tiny little bit, it is impacting things so much. That was mind blowing to me when I heard that. And especially when people aren't getting enough sleep to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it'd be one thing if you're getting enough sleep, 
and, and then you lose an hour, but now most people are not getting enough sleep and then they're losing an hour on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> and when I actually looked into, there's some really interesting studies that showed that when you are underslept, you actually, it's almost like you're under the influence of alcohol and people are driving around pretty much drunk. And like when I was, when I, when I really connected to that, it kind of freaked me out because I live here in South Florida and going down to Miami, there are some crazy drivers. And I'm like, oh my God, like more than half of these people are underslept that they're pretty much driving around drunk in these crazy six. It, and it's like, whoa. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you totally so, so, want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, so, you know, the reaction time, the mental acuity, your productivity and performance, a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have time to sleep because I need to work and I got all these things. And it's like, well, if you actually took the time to sleep, you'd be able to get more done in less time and actually be able to enjoy it yeah. versus just grinding through it, pushing through it. And it's, it's a little bit challenging because people don't really realize how bad they feel until they start to feel good. So people don't, people think that they're, oh yeah, I'm fine. I six hours a night, no problem. And then you say, okay, well, let's, let's for a couple of weeks, I want you to get seven hours. And then they start to get seven hours. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I had no idea that I was operating from such a low energetic sort of place. I thought that that it becomes the norm. So this is where it comes challenging for people. And I always challenge people that are listening to, to me speak. It's like, try that on, like go a couple of weeks where you prioritize and protect sleep and see how you mentally and physically feel. And almost always people are like, you know what? You're right. I had no idea. It just becomes this, this, it's like, wow. So there's a lot of studies also with longevity, you know, when we're not getting the sleep, we, we need our telomeres are shortened. You know, those are really important for, you know, if you want to live a long life, if you want, you know, help a healthy life to health span that all gets impacted from, from sleep. So, I mean, like I said, there's every aspect of your life gets impacted and, and, and either in a positive direction or a negative direction based off of you prioritizing protecting sleep. Yep. And I can, I can vouch for, you know, I spent so many years on such little sleep and then learned how important it was. So now my sleep, like it is sacred. Like I have a whole situation that goes down and I like, it's the big joke. Michelle's in bed by seven, but whatever. Um, and when I don't get the sleep that I'm used to now, my day is very different. Like I do feel foggy. I do feel, uh, less energetic. I irritable, like all of those things you just said that you can notice on the surface, but I think you nailed it when you said people don't know how bad they're actually feeling because they're just so used to it. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like when you're eating bad food, you don't actually know, um, that you're, you're feeling that bad because your body is just so used to it until you start feeding it better vegetables and you eat more plants. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, this is how I'm supposed to feel interesting. And I think it's exactly the same with sleep. So I know there's going to be women listening saying, well, that's fine and dandy, Devin. I get that I need more sleep, but how, how am I supposed to do this? I'm, I'm, I'm never getting a good night's sleep. I have little kids that are up in the middle of the night. Like, how do I make this a better situation for myself? Yeah. And it really, it depends, you know, on your situation. So, you know, depending on who I'm speaking to, and we, we help literally hundreds of people around mostly the United States that have really bad chronic insomnia. So they have issues getting to sleep and or staying asleep and it's affecting their, their life in a massive way. 
Um, and a lot of times it's moms, right? So they, they, they had their kids and then all of a sudden their kids are sleeping better, but now they're not sleeping or it's older women. I shouldn't say older women going through menopause. Let's just put it that I'm going (laughs) to maybe cut that out. Um, right. So the hormonal changes, then that's another about 60% of women have, have, uh, issues sleeping specifically in that stage of life. And then there's, you know, busy entrepreneurs and, and I call them the hustlers, um, the perfectionists, these people that are just grinding and pushing and sleep's the one thing that the harder you try at the worse you get at. So it's, um, it's a bit tricky in that way. So there's sort of different demographics, but so to, to, to speak to all the, all the women listening to this, you know, it's, and really everyone, the thing is the first step is to understand that you got to prioritize and protect it. So you have to make space. And a lot of times people make the mistake of, they think, okay, I just need to focus on the night in order to improve my sleep. No, you can't separate your day from your night. So I always say a great night of sleep starts as soon as you wake up. Because what you do throughout the entire day dictates how easy it is or how hard it is to be able to fall asleep. And a stressed body will not rest. So if you're going from one thing to the next, if you're not taking breaks, you're not hydrating, you're not eating well, you're not you know, doing things to take care of yourself, practicing self-care. If you don't have a, a mental practice to calm your mind, you're going to take all of that right into the night. And no wonder why you can't sleep. So it's really looking at, well, what am I doing throughout the entire day that's contributing to me not being able to sleep at night? And then making the connection of when I make those habit changes, I sleep better. And when I sleep better, I have the energy to, you know, to do it all again the next day. So it, 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 it is a bit, um, you know, it's what's good for your health is good for your sleep. So that's like a blanket statement. But then there's also like really simple techniques that people could implement, like we call it a bed buffer, meaning having a clear separation between your day and your night. Oftentimes, again, people take their days into their nights. So a technique I like to share, it's three, two, one sleep. So three hours before you want to be asleep, you stop eating. The reason is because if you eat to close to bedtime, it's going to get in the way of quality of sleep, specifically deep sleep or Delta sleep stage three and four, which happens in the first half of the night. Then two hours before you want to be asleep, no work. This is hard for people, especially for people working at, from home. You know, it's like, and then one hour before bed, you start what's called like a bedtime ritual, or, you know, this is a very common sleep hygiene uh, practice, which is something really essentially to bring your body out of a sympathetic nervous system or fight or flight response to a parasympathetic rest and digest. And this could look like a hot shower. This could look like meditation, making love to your partner. This could look like reading a book. It's preferably something outside of technology. Most people's bedtime routine is turn on Netflix, watch the, the, the show. Um, and yeah, there's a time and a place for that. But if that's what you're doing every single night, it's not, it's, it's, it's hyper arousal. It's you're creating hyper arousal in your brain first and foremost. And then there's the light from these devices that also has been shown to disturb sleep as well. So it's really about habit change. Yeah. Um, and that starts with, you know, how you think as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think step one is understanding the importance. And that's why yes. I really had you share, you know, this is what's happening when you, when you're not getting sleep, I will share my, my routine. Cause I was the girl that had the iPad working until like two in the morning in, in bed. 
So I, I know, and, and waking up all hours and just, just like terrible, terrible sleep. So the first change I made was dinner and done. So that's just a phrase that I use with all like my clients. Yeah, dinner and done. And it was one of the hardest things for me. I had my app, iPad plus a bowl of Greek yogurt beside me for years. And then I was wondering why I was waking up all the time. So that was a huge habit change that I started first, just dinner and done. And then the next one I did was getting that iPad technology out of my way and work basically because I work from home and work from those devices was leaving that downstairs in the kitchen. I bought this little gag gift. It's a jail. It's a cell phone jail. And my 10 year old locks up our cell phones every night in it, which is, is really what I had to have happen to not have that around me. And I actually do a big brain dump. So I take a journal up to my bedroom, I get in there and I just like brain dump. It's almost like allowing myself to dump all the stress, just like figure out the next day, ramble on about things that ticked me off. Like I usually do about three pages of just, and it's not flowy journaling. It is literally just like spewing everywhere stuff. Mm. And then my sort of ritual that has become this big joke to my husband and my daughter, but I got into oils and I'm, I don't sell oils. I have have nothing to do with oils, but someone gave me a couple oils and I thought, okay, this is going to be my nighttime thing. I'm going to wash my face and do that. And then I'm going to put these oils on and have a little oil diffuser going. And once I built that habit, that is like my most favorite time of the day. I look so forward to it. But once I stacked those three things on top of each other, I sleep like a baby. Like I do there not wake up. I do not wake up in the middle of the night, like very rarely, unless I've really drank a lot of water. But it has been the best change and my memory's better, my weight. Like I know a lot of women are listening and weight is always going to trigger them. And I will tell you that I was carrying a lot of extra weight when mm-hmm. I was not sleeping. And once I got this all kind of figured out, it's a holistic approach to all of this stuff, a healthy lifestyle weight started coming off. I'm feeling yep. more energetic. Like what you just said, once you start stacking all these habits, so many changes are going to start happening. So that's what I did. And it works amazing. I love that. That's that. That's amazing. That is amazing. And it, it makes perfect sense why it works amazing. Yeah. And you got your, your spa time right up, you know, right before bed, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're pretty much practicing three, two, one. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, and so, and the fun part is you can kind of create this for yourself because everyone is different. Everyone does have yes. different lifestyles and lives in different places. So there's, I don't like to say there's, there's not right way or really a wrong way of doing this. It's just figuring out, well, what works for you? And sometimes just taking one or two steps, you know, trying it on, then kind of taking those next steps is, is really those little small changes make big results over time. And then you start to experience it. And then it's like, okay, this is awesome. I'm going to continue to do this. Another important aspect is, is measuring it because you can't manage what you don't measure. I like to say you can't master what you don't measure. And so we at Sleep Science Academy, we use the Aura Ring. It's, it's a ring you wear on your finger. It's probably the most popular sleep tracking device at this point. I see, I think you have a Fitbit on. I do. Um, my mom has an Aura Ring. So I said to her, that's what I want for my birthday. Cause she's absolutely loving it. She's 71 and 
so into all of this. You would, you would love to just mm. chat with her for an hour. She's just obsessed with this kind of stuff, but yes, every day she talks to me about her sleep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's, it can be very helpful. It also can be harmful if you, if, you know, if you're getting this device and it's just telling you, Oh, you, you're, you know, you're not getting enough sleep, your sleep's crappy. And you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? And then you go on the internet, you start reading stuff and you're trying it out and it doesn't seem to be working. And now all of a sudden you're stressed about your sleep, yeah. you know, and then you have to, you know, that's not good. Um, yeah. So, but, but really what's powerful about measuring it is just like if you went to the a doctor, and you got a blood test. They say, hey, okay, you have high cholesterol. It's going to motivate you to make these lifestyle changes, like changing your diet. Um, and so, and then you can see, well, I changed my diet. You go back to the, the doctor, check your blood. Oh, great. Cholesterol is you know, looking great. So it's like, okay, fantastic. So having that data can be extremely powerful when you know what to do with it. It can be extremely motivating. Um, and it's, it's just fun. It almost can become like a game. Yeah. Where you, you know, you do certain things and you look, oh, okay, how, how, how did that affect my sleep? And it's not really just about your sleep. It's about your day. It's about how you feel. I mean, that's the purpose of sleep. The purpose of sleep is to really live or sleep a third of our lives. And if we really pay attention to that third, we're able to live like you have experienced, Michelle, two thirds, the other two thirds of our life at a much better place, more, more, you know, just more of who we are. So it's, um, yeah, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to complicate it. And one of the big things though, I, I really, it's so important for people to, to get this. And this is a big thing that not a lot of people talk about when we're they're discussing sleep is the psychological component to sleep. So what people, what can happen is people try to force and control sleep. This doesn't work. It's like trying to force an orgasm. It's the same thing. It doesn't work. Like it really, you can't, you know, this, so you have to drop back into a place of relaxation and rest, um, and allowing and surrendering. And that happens when you understand how to accept. And so this is a big piece of helping people that, that have really extreme sleep issues that are on medications. When they get this, all of a sudden their sleep improves. It's, it's embodied acceptance whatever the night brings, it's not trying to force it, not getting frustrated because you're rolling around. Like that's just going to compound the stress and keep you up. So I just want to drop that in there because yeah, I love that. You know, I'm thinking about my mom because she just messaged me the other day and uh, I was coming home from vacation and I said, Oh, it's snowing. It's a snowstorm. Our flight is late. I'm sorry. It's going to be so late by the time I come and get D she's like, Oh, well, who cares? I'm up anyways. I'm waking up all night. <laughs> she's just super frustrated. And, yeah. it, and I actually got thinking about that. I'm like, she's so frustrated with herself because she's not like her aura ring isn't perfect. Like she's a perf perfectionist, which lots of, oh, are, right? yes. So I am sure she is looking at that thing, that data. And she's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be getting X, Y, Z and I'm not. And mm. so how can you help someone who is putting all that pressure on themselves? Like, how do you What's a simple tip for the surrendering beyond just yeah. saying, like, Susan, you need to surrender. Like, what is there? There is there yeah. a little tip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's such a great question. Um, yes, there's lots of tips. Um, and what before I share how to do that or how we help people do that, I should say, um, 
what you just said, there's three patterns that I identified that people that don't sleep well have often perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that usually comes with, uh, like control, like they need things. They try to control everything. They're like very detail oriented people. Right. Then there's the second one, which is people then treat sleep. Like it's a problem. Sleep is not a problem. Sleep, Sleep is a result. It's how you're thinking about your sleep or what you're doing or not doing. That's the real problem in regards to your sleep. And then the, this last one could be a bit tricky. It's people put it on a pedestal. So I call it the three P's perfectionism, problem solver, pedestal. And this is the tricky one because it deserves to be on a pedestal, but when people aren't sleeping well, then they're like, Oh my God, I just heard Devin tell me that if I don't sleep, I'm going to get Alzheimer's and oh my, and now all of a sudden they're, they're, they're freaking themselves out and they're afraid and they're anxious. And of course you're not sleeping. And then on and on this thing goes. So So to get back to your question about the surrendering piece, this is for most people, very challenging. And it's so simple. And the reason why it's challenging is because we are conditioned and we have the habit of trying to control and being in resistance to like like what is essentially almost all the time. So to let go and drop back into a place where you are accepting and allowing, which essentially means like you can accept something and still do, do something about it. That's an important distinction. A lot of th- people hear acceptance. So like that's resignation. That's like giving up. No, not exactly. It's, it's more of a mental shift that then be, can become an embodied shift. And it does take practice because it's not, it doesn't come natural. So one of the, the, the simple things that we teach people first and foremost is to identify the thinking, because until you identify the thinking, it's really hard to surrender, like identify the thinking. That's what we, we say is not useful. So for your, what's your, what's your mom's name? Susan, Susan. So for Susan, when she's listening to this, it's like identify all the thinking that you have that some of it might be true, but is is it useful? And an example of that would be if I don't sleep, I'm going to, you know, tomorrow's going to be terrible. All right. Or we have all this, like these long, long lists. And that's great, Michelle, that you have that journal where you kind of bring, this would be a great exercise for people to do. This is the start of the practice. Get it all out. Like all the things that you're telling yourself that are creating the anxiety, the the expectation, the, Mm -hmm. which is going to create the pressure, right? Once you have that, you look at it, well, is this useful? And if it's not useful, then you, you know, you kind of circle it or, or exit out. And when you have that thought, you just allow the thought to be there, not making it wrong, not judging it. And also just allowing yourself to experience what you're experiencing. And this is so hard for people because if we're experiencing something that we don't, that's uncomfortable or that we don't want to experience, the first thing that we try to do is we try to distract ourselves or we try to do something to change the situation control that control. And that's not acceptance. So do the opposite of those two things. Don't distract yourself, just sit with it and don't try to do anything to escape it. Just allow it to be there and just notice what happens. And again, that's, that's, it's, it can be that simple, but you have to practice it. It's not like something that you're going to like all of a sudden, all this for some people, I'll tell you what, Michelle, sometimes people come to us after 30 years of trying all the medications, they've tried all the things they're tracking their sleep the whole thing, the, the doctors. And sometimes it does just click for people. And they're like, Whoa, like, 
And it's that, but for a lot of people, most people, I would say not the unicorns, it takes practice. Yeah. And, um, so I don't know if that was is simple, but it is so simple. Most, um, answers are simple (laughs) in all of this stuff. Most of the time answers are pretty simple. You know, someone said to me not too long ago, sit in the discomfort just sit in the discomfort. And that's what you're essentially saying. Those same words, just sit with it instead of trying to control it or make it a bigger problem, sit with it and embrace it. And my mom is always the star of all my podcasts. I swear. I always use her as my guinea pig. So she will love that advice. She really will. Thank you so much. I think those were that last little piece was just such great tool. That is such a great tool to, first of all, let people know that it's okay. Um, you know, you're not wrong for lying awake at three in the morning with some stressful thoughts. You're not wrong. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you, but here's something you can do in that moment. I know when I wake up in the middle of the night, I do like some box breathing so I can kind of just like focus on that and just like, and usually it works. I usually end up going back to sleep where I used to wake up at two 30 in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm awake now. I might as well just get up and work. Like that was kind of my mindset around it. And then I started like, wait a second, chill. Like you can actually get back to sleep and, and the box breathing really works for me too. So I love box breathing. That's amazing. And the important distinction here too, don't, when you, if you wake up or someone that wakes up in the middle of the night, don't do things so that they put you back to sleep just do them to do them. Because if you do something with the expectation that I'm doing this so I can sleep, that is a subtle way of trying to force and control sleep, which doesn't work. Yeah. So, so it's like, just do it to do it. And box breathing is such an amazing technique to get back into the parasympathetic. And this is something that I want people to remember. Sleep happens. Sleep happens. It happens. So it happens when you allow it to happen, when you get out of the way, when you stop trying to, when you, you, you know, when you, 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 you know, so that's so important for people to get. Um, and it's often, it's such a subtle thing that most people just never really get it. And then they just continue to roll around all night and they get frustrated and they keep trying things and it's hard. And, and then they have to, you know, we never so. want to admit that we are control freaks, especially with, I mean, this audience that you're speaking to is probably just full of perfectionist, controlling women, strong women. Mm. I know they're because they're like me and I never want to admit that I'm trying to control and force all situations. But at the end of the day, I, I really am. That's what I'm trying to do, <laughs> Please, whatever. And it's like, uh, I, I love what you just said. Sleep happens. Just let it happen when you just kind of surrender to it, relax to it. It doesn't have to look perfect. It's not going to be perfect every night. Yeah. Um, but you gave some really solid tips on how to get yourself to a place that you're going to feel better. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what we want. I mean, we want to feel better in our bodies and be here longer. And for me, I don't know if you have kids, Devin, but I have a 10 year old and I don't want her growing up thinking sleep is for the week. And, you know, I want her to know how important it is. And I want her to have these she might think I'm crazy right now with all my oils. (laughs) She actually called me a crunchy mom the other day. And I was like, 
that is the best compliment you could have ever <laughs> given me. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I want, I know that what she's laughing at now she's remembering and she's going to have that in her toolbox when she goes out on her own. So I think this stuff is just so powerful that you're sharing. Where can people find you? And obviously they can get your book, which I would highly recommend, but where can they find you on social media and connect with you? Yeah. So uh, just sleepscienceacademy.com. And then social media is my name, Devin Burke um, Wellness. So Devin Burke Wellness on the YouTube and the Instagram and all the, the channels. And um, yeah, I put a lot of content on specifically YouTube. There's a lot of great videos on there for people. This resonated with people listening um, specifically on some of the things that we touched on at a little, little deeper level. So that's amazing. And if someone is really struggling, Devin, is your sleep Academy something that they can just purchase through your website or is it sort of a one-on-one situation? How, how does that work? I'd love to just yeah. at that. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, it's an online program paired with one-on-one coaching and group coaching. So I have trained coaches that are trained in the methodology and then once a week we have a group call and this is another really important thing. So people, I, I often tell our clients, you're unique, but your sleep challenge is not. And so many people think that they're the only one that has this specific thing. They're, they're the only one that's tossing and turning or has anxiety about sleep or we call it bed dread. And then they quickly realize that, no, you're not the only one. Even the thoughts you, you're thinking are not yours. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so, so, yeah, so it's a hybrid program. There's an online component. There's a group coaching and a one-on-one coaching. And then we use the aura ring to track the progress. And so that's like super high level of what it is we do, but, um, but that's how it works. Yeah. That's great. I think it's amazing what you're doing. I love how you came from sort of a life coaching background and then really dug into something really specific that is going to help everyone in such a big way. So thanks for all the work you're doing. I, I learned so much today, so I appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing when we are able to share things that have changed our own lives. And honestly, a lot of the tools that uh, we teach that are super useful for sleep and, and other areas of life um, just have improved my own life. So it's, it's such an honor to be able to, you know, pass that on to other people and see the results uh, in them as well. You know, more, more sleep, more energy, more, you know, more peace. Mm-hmm. I say more peace, power, and presence. When you're, when you're sleeping well, you have more peace, power, and presence. So that's, you know, like the, like the peas over here. Yeah, You um, do like the peas. I love that though. And <laughs> it must be really cool to see the transformations that actually happen with just oh, man. developing better sleep habits. It is yeah. so, so cool. And the, the, some of the testimonials, um, we have, I mean, at this point we have probably like 35 t- people that have raised their hand. There's a lot of people, there's hundreds of people that go through our program, but, um, and just watching these people share their, how life-changing it was for them from going from a place of like you once were like three to four hours to getting like a consistent seven, eight hours and hearing their stories about how their relationships improved and their energy improved and they lost the weight and like they got the promotion at work, like all these things. It's just amazing. It really is. And that's, um, that's what keeps me motivated to continue to, to serve people because it's, uh, it's powerful. It's yeah. you know, helping people. Yeah. I love how a lot of us are just going back to the simple, the simple things in life, the sort of holistic approach to health that when you work on all of these little sections, healthy eating, sleep, stress, 
everything gets better. And as a, as a world, we're going to get better and healthier if everyone starts jumping in with us. So I love that you're sharing this message. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me on and yeah, um, appreciate it. it. Enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks so much.